Welcome back to the Evolved Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, and we are down for another ringer today. I hope you guys are ready for the second Coach's Roundtable, where we're going to talk all about why weight loss is not the first step when it comes to a weight loss program. But before we get there, we're just going to shoot the ship for a little bit, talk about our current goals, the current state of affairs of Evolve HP, and just get warmed up. So everyone say hello. What's up? What's up, guys? How hello. <laughs> You're not supposed to mimic me, Ian. You got to be your own person. Yeah, be your own person. Ian, what are your current goals, dude? What are you working on? Bro, right now we're in powerlifting prep right now. So I'm doing a powerlifting meet in June. I'm assuming we're talking about fitness goals, but I'll give you some other goals later too. <laughs> so my training right now, I am prepping for a powerlifting meet in June. This would be my first one. So excited. Obviously, I've been lifting for eight, nine years and doing the power lifts, just not very specific to that sport. So learning a lot of new things every day, Kayla is just tearing me apart and I love it. I'm here for it. Um, I love not doing all the cardio nonsense I was doing before. So that's cool. I can just do all the fun bro stuff, lift heavy, jump up on some boxes to keep myself warmed up and yeah, good to go. That's what we're doing. Cool, Ian, man. Have you have you changed your diet at all since doing the powerlifting like prep? No, not really. Oh. Just because um, I feel like I mean I was pretty dialed in before, and just kind of the weight class I chose. Like I'm not necessarily trying to gain weight or lose weight. I'm just trying to maintain. Um, you boys getting into the old 165 weight class, so I sit between like 162, 165. So just trying to make sure I'm staying close to that. Um, Nice. And yeah, just makes me think of the last time I weighed 162 or 165. Was that eighth grade? School. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably a buck 65 wet. Is that how much you weigh right now? Bro, I just had a big lunch. I'm like a solid 170 right now. <laughs> My left glute has 170. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome, man. Jen, I'm super, super interested in what you've been doing since you've been doing the whole pregnancy thing lately. What have you been doing for your fitness? Yeah, so my... What a program, the, pregnancy. The whole pregnancy thing lately, you know, that, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, this is getting kind of personal right off the bat, but, like, my pregnancy journey has not been, like, the best compared to a lot of people's. Um, I have gained a decent amount of weight. Um, it's very hard for me to move, very hard for me to kind of walk long distances. So I've just been kind of focusing on just trying to get steps in at this point, um, which is actually a step up from what I was doing like five weeks ago. Um, having some complications and every time I would try to exercise, those complications got worse. So I kind of put myself on like a modified bed rest. Doctor didn't tell me to do it, but for me, it was like what I feel like I needed to do. So it's been tough for me. That's talking about a mental struggle there is like, you know, coming from a background of training super, super hard. And then your life is no longer about that in the moment. It's about growing a healthy baby. Right. <laughs> um, but no, so really it's just for me, it's just staying active, staying moving, trying to just be healthy from that perspective. How many steps have you been getting? Um, my goal, <laughs> my goal is 5,000 a day. Okay. And that's tough for me to do. Like if I, if we walk outside and I walk down a hill and come back up a hill, I'm out of breath. I mean, your blood volume increases like 50% when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. So like you just have so much extra fluid on you and I have a lot of extra fluid on me. 
So it makes it hard to breathe long distances. So. Right. Well, hang in there. You're, you're still Thanks. able to put your best foot effort in a lot of other areas of your life, which has been fantastic. So we're, we're rooting for you, Jen. We are going to train so hard at Evolve Ganza when you're done. So hard. I'm pregnant. so excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to go hard in many different ways. We're going to party hard. Wow. Anyways, we're going <laughs> to party you- hard. We're going to train hard. <laughs> Kayla, you've done enough of that, okay? How many times can you say hard in the same sentence? (laughs) (laughs) Kayla, you've been such on your natural cycle for such a long time. You just can't stop thinking about hard things. (laughs) 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 I had to call you out. I do your check-ins. Kayla, you're up. (laughs) Yeah, well, LOL. um, Since coming off of... (laughs) Since coming off of hormonal birth control... um, Honestly, a lot of cool, really cool side effects that I've been having. One is increased libido. And it's really cool because I have really struggled with that for a large majority of my life. So that's really exciting. And that's something that should be celebrated and not something like super taboo. So I'm happy for me. Um, And as far as like my goals uh, right now, I'm just trying to get shreddy. Really, just because I want to. So she I'm wants here, to be like, a snack. Yeah, I do. I do. And so <laughs> I've got a couple like photo shoots coming up, and just kind of wanting to get get a little bit leaner, dial in a little bit more. And yeah, that's been my goal. I'm going to get back into CrossFit when I move up to Minnesota again. See my CrossFit Fit Fam up there, and I'm really excited about that. And yeah, I'm just trying to dial dial in my nutrition, just get a little bit leaner, and that's it. That's awesome. Now, I have some thoughts on where we can continue to go with this conversation because that's just nagging the hell out of me. But is there any challenges or big wins that you guys want to celebrate and bring to the attention of our audience before we head into our main topic? Mm. Not that I can really think of. I think the biggest thing is just I actually got to meet Rania, Coach Rania, for the first time. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, y'all, she is so cool. That's uh, so hard to believe that that's the first time you guys have actually met in person. It was literally like we've known each other for years. Uh, and it was cool. She was talking to me all about like the homework that she gives athletes to do as far as um, like their mindset calls. And I'm like, okay, you're like legit. <laughs> like this is really cool. So I'm really excited for all of our evolved coaches to to have calls with her. Um, and I know she's going to be a, a podcast guest in the future. So, or no, she, she was, I'm sorry. She was a podcast guest. She she's going to be in our community calls, um, for our, our, for, for our current athletes soon. So I'm really excited. So, um, a big win, honestly, there is just kind of expanding our team a little bit more. Um, she's more on the psychology side, so she's not a coach giving protocols, um, but she does do help like with enrollment, um, so we call her like a woman coach. So she's just a really cool, uh, really cool person. So it was really fun to get to know her more and meet her and party and rage. Party and rage. Party and rage. <laughs> I love it. Indeed. <laughs> so with, with kind of the universal theme that we've all kind of talked about here right now is overcoming challenges. And so Jen's trying to overcome the challenge of what pregnancy brings and that limiting her from being able to put her best foot forward in fitness, which can be mentally challenging because she's been in fitness for so long. And then Kayla, some of the struggles that you're going through managing all your time with all the things that you do on a daily basis and now getting ready to transfer back to a different state. Ian going from 
everything that you do to what you do. <laughs> Bro, literally, literally have no challenges. I'm like, yeah, my biggest challenge is I only got six reps on my deadlift instead of seven today. And only two yeah. haircuts this week. That's like an all time yeah. low. <laughs> yeah. Jen, Jen can't walk and I'm over here like, yeah, like I didn't perform as well in my training. So yeah. Sorry, Jen. So what I wanted to bring is how you guys have been coping. What what kind of skills or strategies can you offer our audience just right now on the fly when you guys are hit hard with these types of walls and challenges? What do you do to get over them? So like, Jen, what have you been doing to keep yourself sane? Because I'm sure you look at a weight room and you're like, God damn it, I just want to lift. Like, <laughs> how have you been getting through that? Yeah, and actually, it's kind of it's funny because like my husband and I both like we're very into fitness, obviously. And we go through ups and downs in our journey and he's like on a very like up part of his journey right now. So he's training hard. He's going to the gym a lot and we're always like, bye, have fun. And it's been, <laughs> that's been really, really tough. But honestly, just telling myself it's a phase. Um, we go through so many different phases of life and I'm not stuck. I'm not here forever. This isn't my, the end of my story. So right now I'm just kind of in a phase of, you know, growing a healthy baby boy. And then once once I deliver him and my labor delivery goes well, then then I can start to work on myself again. Like right now, I have to put him first and put my health first before um, fitness. And so it's just a phase. That's what I tell my athletes, too. And not stuck in this phase forever. I love that. Kayla, yeah. what have you been doing? Um, well, it's super helpful that I have somebody to hold me accountable and I can't just I stick around. <laughs> so Chris coaches me. Uh, so I'm not just like dicking around and just like doing whatever. I have somebody I have to actually like report to. <laughs> I have somebody I actually have to report to, uh, which is nice for me because look, I, um, you know, because of owning Evolve, I don't really have people to report to. Like if I don't do it, it you know, I mean, Jen actually, Jen, Jen does a good job of holding me accountable. Um, but it's nice to have that other person on the other end to hold me accountable. I'm, I'm, I can be very disciplined and I can train hard and I can put in the work, but it's just nice to have somebody like take care of you. So I think for me, that's the biggest thing. And also too, um, the reassurance that Chris gives me when like the scale isn't budging, he's like, but you look snatched. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's Did you guys see nice. her modeling photos this past weekend? Like, dear God, like, <laughs> I was like, is that, is that Kayla? Like what, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Chris, you're like the best, you're like a super awesome hype man. So like, that's helpful. So I don't use the scale to determine my worth and my success. So that's why pictures and just like the hype from your coach is so important. So I really rely on, and even when I'm going to be moving across the country here in a few weeks, um, having Chris saying like, Hey, just do what you can. Or like, Hey, do your best. Like that's going to be super, super helpful for me. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you two, for sharing. And now I want to dive into Ian now because you've primarily done a lot of CrossFit type, type of training. What kind of challenges have you faced with the transition of going from CrossFit more into powerlifting, which is so, so sectioned off as far as differences? It couldn't be more different than CrossFit. And so like, how, how, are you, how have you been handling that challenge of transitioning into that sport? Honestly, I mean, there hasn't been a big challenge with it as of yet because it's it's been a fun transition to put more focus into trying to specialize in something a little bit more. Um, and again, I still do like with the way the training, the program that I'm following is like four days a week. I typically train five. So on that fifth day, I'll do like some aerobic work 
I'm um, not doing like any CrossFit Metcons, but I'll still throw in the Olympic lifting in, which I just enjoy to do. Um, so I haven't necessarily like had to step away from a whole lot of the things. So honestly, right now I'm just doing all the stuff that I enjoyed even more so. Like I didn't really care for all the CrossFit Metcon stuff anyways. So that's cool. Like we can leave that out. That's not helping me in powerlifting, but really just focusing on again, like all the like squat bench, deadlift, shoulder press, like all the big heavy lifts, doing all the bro stuff, trying to get jacked up. And then on the other days, again, like I really enjoy feeling athletic. So doing like the explosive movements, like the Olympic lifts or jumping on stuff or throwing balls around or pushing the sled fast and doing sprints and that stuff. So honestly, I think just finding, just trying to find that little bit of a balance, but also just enjoying, um, enjoying that process kind of on a different note of like Jen's Jen is going through a season of life of creating life. And I'm just going through a season of powerlifting. <laughs> He's creating games. See, it's, it's the same thing. Jen, I can really resonate with you. You know, I see Thank you. you. Now, and I think we've all been guilty of this. This honestly could be an entire episode of its own. But with the last six minutes we have before we dive into our main topic, I think it'd be a fun question to talk about. What happens when you yourself or an athlete has multiple goals that they're trying to achieve at a time? So let's say, for example, we have someone who's really interested in hypertrophy and bodybuilding, but they want to do CrossFit Metcons too. What do you usually say to these types of athletes or what do you do yourselves when you've got two competing goals? goals that you know would be better off if they just focused on one at a time versus the other? Or how do you approach that issue? I personally run to this all the time because I want to do everything knowing better that I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Go ahead, Kayla. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like me. I was like, <laughs> I want to be the strongest, fittest, most endurance athlete ever. <laughs> and I want to own my own business and do all the things. And that is literally, and it's so funny. A lot of our athletes are the same way because that's just what makes an athlete. They want to achieve and do all the things. And, um, even the evolved coaches that we, we train are very similar. I really want to look jacked for social media, but I also want to be really strong and, you know, I want to cut, but I also want to get stronger. And I also want to do a race. You know, it's like, and I've been there to where I have gone back and forth between powerlifting, figure, strongman, CrossFit, all of the things. And I will tell you, I was very average at all of them and not really, really great at one thing. Yep. And until I realized like, hey, I need to, if I'm going to do shows, if I'm going to do bodybuilding, I need to go all in and I need to make my lifestyle. Rania, it's her lifestyle. Like I had to go buy groceries for her ass. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like what the hell she's eating so much. She makes it like a legit lifestyle. She brought her freaking sh competition shoes to take a check-in picture here. You know what I mean? She like really makes the lifestyle. And then I had to be like, okay, am I going to make this a lifestyle? And the answer was like, I really want to do all these different things because it's fun. And I'm okay with not excelling at one thing. I'm okay with just doing my best and, you know, maybe being average um, or just competing against myself with these because it's more fun for me instead of just sticking to one thing. I'll tell you the, the one thing that I feel like I've done very, very, very well um, because I've gone on all in is like the stuff that I do with Evolve. And like, that's, that's what I care most about. So. Right. And I think the key thing there is just being content with the choice that you've made of what you're yes. going to do. 
And yeah. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway there. And because I'm I'm the same as Kayla, I want to be a bodybuilder, but at the same time, I want to go jump over fences and fight bears. So it's like, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> I need to make sure that I'm in multiple modalities of fitness because I sure as hell ain't going to do it doing bicep curls, right? But it's it's difficult when you want to keep to like a four or five day program and then supplement it with three different CrossFit days that are not programmed at all. All right, I hope no one's hearing that from the CrossFit gym. All right, but <laughs> but but that's how that is. It, it just becomes too much, and we take on too much volume, and we wonder why when we do things like a correctives that we end up overtraining and make no progress at all. And so Jen, what is, what is your experience ever been with that? Yeah, I think I can definitely relate to that too. Cause I come from a bodybuilding background. Like that's what got me into fitness was hypertrophy strength. And then I kind of dabbled in CrossFit a little bit. And then I was like trying to combine the two. And for me, it worked pretty well. Like having a few days of like Metcon CrossFit type work, and then my pure strength days. Like I didn't do a lot of hypertrophy on those days either, just focused on, you know, my main strength lifts. And I have athletes who want to do that. And I'm able to program well with the volume and stuff for them to do that. So mixing bodybuilding, powerlifting, those type of moves with a little bit of Metcon at the end, I feel like that keeps people in that. Okay. I can still move fast, quick like movements, but then I'm also able to gain muscle in areas that I want to, like someone wants to bring up their glutes. Okay, great. We're going to do a ton of strength-based work for your lower body and then not as much Metcon stuff for that stuff. So kind of like altering your program based on where they really want to focus on too. Right. Ian, any thoughts? Yeah, I think to maybe put a a word with it with with like what Kayla said, like just having clarity on what you really want to accomplish. Um, Like, if your goal is to be really big and strong, like you need to train a certain way. If you want to be excelling in races and stuff like that, you need to train a certain way. There's nothing wrong with being like, oh, like I want to be strong. I want to be able to do gymnastics, like having like that. That's what CrossFit is, right? Like being able to do all the things. Um, but when you do have that specific goal and that's something that's really important to you, you have to have that clarity. And again, like I'm going to go all in on this um, and just being very clear on what direction you want to go, whether that's to excel in one thing or just to be okay at a bunch of other things. Right. It's, and it's just really, really hard to do that. Like personally, I've never wanted to do that. <laughs> I just, I want to do all the things. Um, things. Yeah. But, uh, Honestly, I think I really learned that lesson well the first time I actually hired my first coach. And I, I, he actually coached me for free back in the day um, and <clears throat> took the only problem with it, though, is it was so narrow minded, though. I did really freaking good with it, got really, really strong, but then developed a lot of compensations due to the fact that it was just strictly <laughs> bench press, overhead press, squat and deadlift for, for a year. Um, and then wondering why, okay, well, I'm pretty stuck in the sagittal plane. Help. <laughs> it's like, I need out of here. Like, I can't wipe my own ass. Like, I'm having problems here. Um, and so, <laughs> which is why trying to find a balance. And honestly, we could have an entire episode on the science of concurrent training. Cause then you got to think about, well, how all these collegiate athletes do it? How are they doing lifting and then also being fast and explosive? It's because they divide their training up into specific times a day where they do their lifts versus the times that they're actually doing conditioning work. And at the same time, they have a lot more time in their schedules. The average Joe doesn't have time for daily two-a-days. It's just, it's not going to happen as much as I would love to do that myself. Um, Anyways, 
<laughs> Any concluding thoughts on that, you guys, before we move into our main topic of the day? No clarity, no growth. That's it. Yeah. So, and if anything, if we do have those people who do want those multiple goals, sit them down and explain, all right, well, let's, that's the beauty of programming. You can focus on one phase for 12 weeks and then completely change directions the next 12 weeks. Because by that time, you've gotten used to that stimulus anyway. It might be a good time to change it up. All right. You guys ready to rock and roll? We are ready for our main topic, y'all. Audience, we are heading into now discussing the reason why going into weight loss or a calorie deficit is rarely the first step we take as coaches when working with people who want to lose weight. And many times we run into issues with our athletes or clients trying to wonder why the hell are we eating more food during the first four weeks? And honestly, there's a lot of not only scientific research backing our reasons for this, but so many more benefits to our clients and athletes when we start off with this type of strategy. And now as us four coaches are going to go into the reasons behind why we choose to do this. Jen, why don't you lead us off? What's one of the biggest reasons why this is not a good choice? I think the first month that you are working with an athlete, you are learning their body. You do not know how they are going to respond to anything. So, you know, you can have like your thoughts of how they might respond, but when, when you first get to know an athlete and you're putting them through things, you don't want to put them into a deficit right away because you don't have as much much wiggle room to kind of work with where find their true maintenance first. My, I always tell my athletes, my goal for you is to give you as much food as possible and have you still reach your goals. And if I were to put you into a deficit right away, you are not going, what if you could have a hundred more calories? And I didn't know that because we'd ever put you into a maintenance phase. So I, whenever I tell my athletes, that's like, Oh, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of getting it now. So that's my biggest first thing I tell them is, Hey, I need to figure out your maintenance. I need to figure out where your body kind of likes to hang out. And then we'll slowly drop you because I want to feed you as much as I possibly can while you're still losing body fat. Right. And it's, it's just funny to see like their eyes wall up as soon as they figure out all the good reasons they've done this. And my best, I get the most joy when I get a text from my athlete saying, okay, you have me eating more and I've lost weight. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every time and that's happened with at least four of my athletes i like how i put up five and i meant four <laughs> at least four of my athletes that i've worked with since starting at evolve and it's just awesome being able to get that text message kayla what are your thoughts on the situation dude absolutely absolutely first of all um people think they know what they're eating even if people are tracking they'll be like oh i track my food or i'm in a calorie deficit Mm, you know, and if you're, if we're eating more food, it could be a deficit from what they were eating too. Like there's also that, that error to consider as well. Um, a lot of people, there's a lot of error in tracking. Even if you track quote unquote perfectly, there's a lot of error. So some people will say, oh my gosh, I'm eating 1900 calories and I'm losing weight. Well, it might be a deficit from what you were eating. And they're like, no, 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 I wasn't eating anything. I'm like, well, so Monday through Thursday, you're eating 1,300 calories and then 3,000 and 4,000 calories on the weekend. So technically you weren't in a calorie deficit, but you know what? We let them write it out. We're like, yeah, we're super happy for you. And hey, like I eating 1,900 calories for some people is a, is a lot. And some people like that's that feels really good for them. And so um, it's super exciting. It's super exciting. And yeah, agreeing with Jen, like you, my, our goal is for you to fuel your body and eat. The goal should always be to eat as much as you can while also getting and staying lean. That should be 
the goal. Now, if you have a goal of a surplus, right, obviously there's going to be a little bit of little bit of body fat that might accumulate, which it needs to, but that's besides the point. But yeah, that first month is really important. Honestly, y'all, we used to, we used to do like three month coaching packages with Evolve and I was like, fuck it. Like I'm not doing that anymore because it takes like the first month to even really get some traction. And even the four months is, is difficult. If you have somebody who's not super dialed in already, um, it can be difficult as well, but Typically, those those the four month people you typically keep going um, because, you know, you're just getting so much traction and you have to realize like tracking is hard, like figuring out how many calories you need and hitting those macros. It's hard. It's a skill that I've been doing for 10 years, you know, 10 years. So it's it's tough. You just have to just have to educate your athletes. And as an athlete, you just have to know it does take time. I think Ian, too, Kayla. Oh, oh Jen, go I, ahead. Sorry. I just want to pop in there real quick. Um, too, you know, like when you're in a calorie deficit or you're in a cut, you have to be extremely, extremely consistent for that to work. Yeah. So if you're coming to us first time tracking macros, not really sure what you're eating, your consistency might, it might take two weeks to get consistent. So why I don't want to put you in a cut where you need to be super, super dialed in and consistent right off the bat. Let's use higher macros. Let's use a little bit more flexibility the first month to get you consistent. And then once you're nailing it, you're spot on, you're in a good routine, you know how to meal prep. Okay, great. Now let's drop you. That's kind of my thought process on that too. Luf Boro. Well, you guys already stole what I was going to say. So I'm out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think I, I agree with that 100%. Because again, like, I think most people, most people coming into a program are like, Oh, I'm trying to lose weight. Like they've been trying already. Um, and anytime again, like whether we're in a calorie surplus, like we're chronically overfeeding our body, like that's a stressor on our body. Right. And then on the flip side of things like chronically under eating, that's going to be a stressor. So being able to start off and like try and find a true maintenance phase, like giving our body a break from chronically overeating or under eating or kind of wherever that athlete might've started off in, um, again, just to kind of set their body up for, success when we do go into a true cut phase. Um, and even with that too, like there is a really big learning curve to tracking correctly and, and being consistent and stuff like that. So I feel like you can almost take away the pressure of like, Hey, like we're not even, we're not even trying to lose weight right now. Like, I just want you to learn how to hit your, your protein and calories consistently. I want you to learn how to manage your schedule. Right. I want you to learn like all these stress management tips. I want you to dial in your, your sleep routine all these things that are also so important because it's not just, ah, well, let's cut out three to 500 calories and bada boom, bada bing, right. lean machine. It's like, no, like you have so many other lifestyle things that you need to be focused on and dialed in. So when we can start that first month and really hone in on those things, um, really helps with adherence. Again, like, like we found and why we've in incorporated kind of the 30 day activation points within our program, like the first 30 days matters. Like I, I know as a coach, when I get my activation points for athletes, like, Hey, like if I have somebody who's 20% adherent and they're, they're two weeks in, it's like, all right, like we got to kind of get the ball rolling. So again, coming into that maintenance phase really allows you to eat enough food to feel good. Um, and really develop that consistency that you're going to need to see your weight loss goals in the future when you do go into that deficit. And I'd like to even challenge that even further because I, I agree everything with what Ian says. When you look at some of the athletes that we get or some of the people that first come to us, 
most often they're not, and you know they're not going to want to hear it, they should actually focus on building muscle for six to 12 months before even thinking about doing a deficit. Because you got to think, A, they've never challenged themselves in that way to do the one activity they need to do that's going to raise their metabolism. And that's my biggest challenge and usually the approach I would always want to take. But that's not what they want to hear. They want to come to you instantly and say, oh, no, I want to lose 30 pounds. And I'm trying to get them to understand your metabolism is nowhere where it needs to be for you to even come close to losing five pounds. And so it just it drives me crazy because it's such a hard message to get across. But I understand them because I used to be them years and years and years ago before I understood either. And I've had a few athletes where if I were to put them right into a cut, we wouldn't see anything. And that's the biggest issue. You wouldn't see any change and you'd actually be shooting yourself in the foot with your progress. But if, if individuals understood what it took to really change their lifestyle for the good, I actually saw someone post it on, it was one of our athletes who put it up on their stories recently. They posted some guy who said it literally takes three to six months just to see beginnings in a transformation. And it's absolutely true. You can't see change in three to four months. It took me two to three years of consistently lifting before I ever did my first actual real cut phase. And then by that time, I had some real progress to show off. If more of our athletes understood that, that it's the long game, we would have so many more success stories. But that's not what people want to hear because they're so conditioned to saying, press a button, give me a pill and give me this shit that I paid for right now. And that's the ultimate issue. Or it's like, hey, I'll just go to Orange Theory and eat salads all day and then it'll work, right? Right. And you know, we have some of those. Uh, never mind. <laughs> they do that shit. Why? <laughs> well, be, I oh. mean, you know, because society says, hey, move more, eat less, which, yes. But I mean, if you are not strength training, you are really, really missing out on incredible body like transformations, like you, you so are if you never strength train. You will not ever have the dream body that you want because everybody wants the toned lean athletic look. Like who doesn't want to look like a fucking athlete? Like who doesn't want that? If you were to not go train like an athlete, why would you think that you would look like one if you right. didn't do that? Right. So you like success leaves clues. <laughs> So success leaves clues. So success of an athlete, they train their ass off, they're disciplined, they have a great mindset. And then if you don't do those things and you're fucking upset with your progress, like, I don't want to hear it. Right. And then I'll usually get challenged by athletes or clients who come to me and say, well, what about this person I saw on social media who is jacked out of their minds? I see them doing lifting, but they're also doing cardio at all times of the day. And that's when I have to sit them down. and like, there's two reasons for that. A, potentially anabolic steroids. You can do anything you want and you'll get the body you want when you do that. Or number two is they've worked on their body for 15 to 20 years and have gotten their metabolism now to the point to where they have to do little strength training to maintain what they have and can do the other amounts of cardiovascular training, eat 3000 calories and still maintain their lean weight. But they had to work years and years and years to get their metabolism to build that way. I've only recently got mine to about where I can get it to about 2,500 calories and maintain a really lean physique unless you know I do a dissertation and I end up going ham on some avocado or some other, you know, cakes and cupcakes that I really like to eat. <laughs> that's like but that's besides the point. <laughs> I really like avocado, but that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> but that's the argument that we usually have with a lot of our athletes. That's the thing. Like you see people like you don't know the full story behind the way somebody looks. And I think, you know, they just paint a picture of, oh, it was easy or this is what I look and it'll look like a lot of bodybuilders 
post their prep files of when they were super shredded over and over and over again to get the attention on social media. And like, that's, that's part of it, but they don't look like that year round. They've gone through so many stages of maintenance surplus. All right. Now we're going to diet down. Now we're going to reverse maintenance surplus and years and years of that. And, you know, someone just coming into their fitness journey, they don't see that. They just see this person being super lean and they want to get like that. And they don't fully understand what it takes and what it took for a lot of people to get there. I mean, even myself too, Chris, like we're all kind of talking about ourselves too. Like, you know, I gained 40 pounds in college. It took me five, six years after that to rebuild my body, rebuild my metabolism to look the way that I looked pre-pregnancy. <laughs> like it takes, And it's going to take me time again. Like I'm not going to, you know, give birth and then expect to be shredded like within three months. Like it's going to take me a good year, year and a half to get all that back. And so having that mindset of knowing it takes time will help athletes succeed too. Right. And I think that's so I'm interested in what you guys, what is your approach when you talk to your athletes? Like what's the kind of responses you get when you start that? I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't had a negative response yet. I usually get quiet faces. And then I say, I ask my athletes, I'm like, so how you doing? <laughs> and they're all just like, that was a lot of information that I didn't expect. <laughs> I'm just like, she's like, but then they're just like, but it sounds like the honest truth. Cause why would you lie to me? I'm like, yeah, because many coaches will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ian. I think on that, um, when you're trying to break beliefs, like again, a lot of, a lot of athletes are going to come into a program or whatever it is with, with pre-existing beliefs on, what they need to do training wise, what they need to do as far as nutrition. And again, a lot of it is going to be based off of past experiences, things they've heard from other people, things they've seen, and they think they know the full context on social media. Again, what you see on somebody's 15 second story isn't what they're doing the other 23 hours and 45 seconds. No, there's more time in there. 23 hours, 59 minutes and 45 seconds of their day. Like there's more that goes into that fitness journey um, and what you're seeing on social media. So you're coming in with these beliefs and as coaches, like it is our job to break those beliefs in, 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 in a sense. Um, and it, it doesn't just happen through me being like, Hey, Kayla, like you got to eat some more if you want to lose weight. Like, yeah, I might say that once. And she's like, yeah, cool. And then doesn't hit her macros this next week. Cause she's like, yeah, what's he talking about? Like there's, we have to say it a lot, a lot, a lot of times. Um, so I think if you're a coach listening to this, like one, like keep showing up, keep, keep spreading the, spreading the good word of eating more food. Um, because again, or whatever, whatever the message is that you're trying to get across to your athletes, because you got to remember, like people are coming in with these pre-existing beliefs that might be true, might be false, might be limiting them. And we need to slowly break those down through repetition of saying the same thing over and over and over, maybe saying it a slightly different way, but just being very consistent in that um, delivery. Right. And I think there's a, a world-renowned message behind all of this that you can probably apply to so many aspects of your life. Hey, guys, it's all about the journey. It's like, it's all about the day in and day out. That's what's really going to help you um, because so many want instant results. And it's like, if you're coming in here with the mindset of thinking that you're going to work with Evolve just to get in shape for a wedding or get in shape for a graduation or a big event. You can't have that mindset because then what happens once that event's over, you go right back to thinking you're going to go right back to your previous lifestyle, gain all your weight back. It's like when you commit to fitness, it has to be hundred percent. 
And it, and the biggest thing that they get misconstrued is that means I have to work out like an athlete and I have to do 800 hours of cardio all week and I don't want to sustain that. No, that's not what health is. And that's another big issue because they come in thinking that it's this ultra life changing. Oh, my God, I have to completely revamp everything in my life to do this. No, you have to learn a healthy balance of life. And I think we as coaches do a really good job of that at Evolve, where I've seen it not done so well at other places. And I think that's a big message you need to communicate as well is that fitness is a lifestyle, but a balance is a part of that and making sure that you understand that it's all about health as well. Like I just had a great athlete conversation last night where he expected me to tell him that he wasn't ever allowed to have empanadas or chips and guac ever again. And I told him, I'm like, no dog, you can have empanadas. All right. You can have churros. I don't care. All right. It's just learning how to manage that within a healthy amount of macros where you're going to be able to maintain a healthy body weight with balanced physical activity. That's what we're trying to teach you. I would rather you lose no weight, but feel so much goddamn better about yourself and the values that you teach your family. That would be a huge win. All right. And that's what I'm trying to get all my athletes to do a big takeaway from. How do we get into this? This is not where I expected this to go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, on that note, too, Chris, like, you know, I have a lot of my athletes, too, they'll be like, well, tell me what to eat. What food can I have? What food can't I have? What's a good carb source? What's a good fat source? I'm like, look, like you you can have what you want. Obviously, we want whole foods, all that. But I think some people come into it with the notion that like, we're going to tell them what, what they can't have. Oh, there's got to be something I can't have to reach my goals. Cause that's what you see a lot. And what a lot of people are going through with the yo-yo dieting and stuff. Oh, you can't have this. You can only have X, Y, Z. And when I tell people, Hey, no, look, like learn balance, have what you enjoy. And within moderation, hit your macros. You're like, wow, really? Like you're not going to tell me I can't have bread. No, eat the, eat the bread, eat the pasta. You know, and they're like, okay, all right. And I get a lot of, you know, I have an athlete right now who was on keto and is not on keto anymore. And he is like, I feel amazing. I can eat what I want. I have balance. He's losing weight and he doesn't have to cut out a whole food source like he thought he would have to. Um, awesome. So it's just pretty cool for us as coaches to educate our athletes that there is a better way than cutting out something that you truly, truly enjoy. This is the way. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. So you guys don't just put all your athletes on keto? <laughs> uh, not usually. Get that keto <laughs> trash out of here. Don't say that in my room. I missed, <laughs> Get out of I my missed, room. <laughs> I missed that Friday meeting. My bad. <laughs> all my athletes no. are eating chicken, broccoli, and water only. I'm like a dictator. Eating water? <laughs> ice. 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 I'm watching on ice cubes. <laughs> Oh my God, um, that would hurt. <laughs> yes. Uh, also too, like I'll say, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was talking with a potential athlete and she's like, you know, I've seen you go from being like super, like, you know, competitor, bikini competitor. And now you're just like a normal person who's lean. Like, how do you get like that? And I'm thinking, I'm like, you mean, how do I get, like, I can have like six high noons one night and wake up like five pounds less and keep it off. Hmm. Interesting. The reason is, is <laughs> that actually happened the other day. I had like, I had probably like, sorry, Chris, I had like six high noons and a piece of pizza and I woke up and I, I dropped five pounds. That's a lot for me to drop. Like, and then I was like, oh my gosh, it's just all going to come back on because I'm just super dehydrated. And it like didn't come back on. I was like, well, I can get behind this. Anyways, and then she celebrated sorry. with a glass of wine on Easter. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> I'm not advocating for that, but I am saying it's like, you can be a normal, like you can live a normal life. And as long as you're on point, most of the time, you're going to be fine. Um, it's taken me a long time, honestly, to get to that point. I had a competition that I gained 30 pounds in one month after. And uh, for a good six months after that, it took a lot of time for me to be able to, I would even say like a year after that, because six months, I just kind of like lived with myself in this disgusting state. And then I was like, I got to do something about it. And then I started really like, that's when I really started tracking macros like, to the T and like really got uh, gung ho about it. And eventually and I tra started training super hard again. And it got to the point where I was just able to like live my normal life. And I don't go, a lot of athletes ask me like, how do you track at restaurants? I was like, honestly, like I don't anymore. Um, I could really probably not even track right now and be fine. Um, it just takes a lot of time and a lot of, of tracking certain areas, certain parts of your life to know like what is in food, like what is in drinks. Um, and it's cool. The, the goal of life to be able to get to a point where you don't have to track, you can have the, the alcohol, you can have like your yummy foods, but um, still maintain the physique that you're proud of. Um, that's like the end goal, right? So a lot of you are like, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight. And like, I get that. Trust me, I do. And like, for some people, they have to lose weight in order to like, like, I just talked with an athlete today who's like, who's been, who's been in the army. So he has to be a certain weight. So like, you know, he does, but he's also going to get to a point where he's going to be at that weight and he's going to be able to like chill and party and have fun. Like, cause he's going to learn that he can be on point, like 85 to 90% of the time, the other 10%, like he can live his life. And that's, that's the goal. That was awesome. I really love that too. Any final comments related to this topic? Because I know we've kind of gone down a few different rabbit holes, but I think our audience pretty much gets the gist of why weight loss is usually not the first step. And we hope that our audience understands the reasons behind that, that it's for your overall benefit, that if you put in the hard work now and build muscle, focus on restoring your metabolism, that your progress later on will be so significant. And that's what I really hope a lot of people are having the major takeaways. How, what are some actionable things that you could do? We, you can tell listeners very general, of course, what are some practical things that you can tell people like, okay, well, how do I fix my metabolism? So the biggest places that I would say to start is you have to find out where your current maintenance set point is. And that's usually what the first two to four weeks I do with my athletes is we're going to take your calories up nice and slowly. We're going to take an estimate of where your basal metabolic rate is and what your total daily energy expenditure is. And we're going to see what that does to your body weight. And if that maintains your body weight for at least one to two weeks, we know you found your set point. If somehow it's below, we're going to take you up slowly about hundred calories a week until we find where that point is. That way we understand exactly, okay, this is about where you are. This is where your body's maintaining. Now that we can make a good judgment call as to whether do we want to build or do we want to cut? Where is that line? Because if that calories is way too low, I'm going to fully recommend to that athlete. We're going to build for three months. I hope you ready because there's no reason why we need to cut right now at all that would only set yourself up for failure that's why it scares me so much and uh, <laughs> when i work with i'm just going to call you all out 
girl sometimes because your damn basometabolic rate is so like right there that I have to put you right at 1500 calories to lose weight. And if I go hundred calories shorter than that, that's your BMR. That scares the living shit out of me. So I really want to get you guys to the point to where we build your metabolism so you can lose weight off of 2000 calories, but that takes work. That takes a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step, figuring out where you are naturally. Make sure that you have a coach that understands dietetics and metabolism that can help you determine what that is for you. Mm-hmm. That would be my first step. Jen, what would be your second step? Proper strength training. Oh, yeah. Building, building that, that <sighs> foundation. Because you got to think, too, like the more muscle mass you have, the higher your metabolism is going to be. So if you come to us and your, your, uh, you know, your maintenance calories are really low, okay, well, maybe you have really low muscle mass too. So how can we raise those calories by increasing your muscle mass? So let's, you know, let's work on bringing that muscle up and that will increase that, that calorie count and then be able to cut in the future with a higher amount of muscle on your body. Because if, if you don't have a lot of muscle on your body and you try to cut, you're literally just losing weight. You're, you're not changing your physique at that point. So um, that would be my thing is a proper strength, progressive strength training program. And I love that, Jen. And I want to tag on something to Jen's as well, because so many athletes are fixated on numerical changes on the scale. We can use progressive strength training to actually show them, look at your progress in strength and look how much better you're feeling based off of that as a metric and not so much on the scale. Ian, what's your third tip? For rebuilding the old metabolism. Yeah. Or just approaching this entirely. What's an actionable step you could provide? Yeah. So I think on that, like stress and energy intake are going to be the main things that are dictating your, your hormones and your metabolism. So obviously energy intake, that's going to come from the calories that you're taking in and also the movement or the exercise that you're doing during the day. So on one hand, like, Hey, like making sure like we're getting in enough calories, we're not overtraining, whatever the case that may be. But on the stress side of things, like managing your stress. And that's not just like your perceived stress of like, Oh, like Jen yelled at me today because I didn't fill out the coach's roster or whatever it is. Like, happen, that's- by the way, I did not <laughs> yell at you today. You didn't, please, me, but- you didn't follow the SOP. <laughs> <laughs> Jen just sent me a long email. Here we go. I'm stressed. That's a perceived, that's a perceived stressor, right? Or you're late to work or whatever it is like, yeah, we need to have stress management techniques for those things. But again, like, changes in your sleep schedule. Like if your sleep is all jacked up, like that's going to be a stressor on your body. The quality of food that you eat, that's going to be a stressor on your body. Um, getting into the sun and, and things of that nature, like those are all things that are going to affect your metabolism. So figuring those things out, like where you're kind of lacking in those areas and dialing it in. Kayla, what's an actionable step? Be honest. Oh. Be honest oh. with yourself. Mic drop. Be honest <laughs> with whoever's helping you. The biggest reason why I see people don't hit the goals that they have, they're just not honest with themselves. <laughs> and they're eating more than what they think they are. They're not training as hard as what they could be. They're not really being um, very strategic about like their sleep and stress. And they think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But they're just not being honest. So just got to be honest with yourself. That's a big one. They shoot themselves in the foot when they do that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Ian. I have a real life example of someone not being honest. I had a friend of mine tell me after drinking all night that she was not going to drink 
the next day and then Easter came around and there she was just drinking away. <laughs> a very close friend of mine within this. He's podcast. talking about me. Uh, I'm like, what the you. hell? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Kayla. Kayla's, it's obviously Jen. Oh, that poor baby. No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. (laughs) I'm not drinking. Don't worry, guys. First of all, my (laughs) ticket included alcohol, so I couldn't not drink. (laughs) Hey, Kayla, how hard was that? (laughs) You guys don't know how hard it is to sit on that. Wow, that took you a minute. Did he oh just say how hard it was not to sit on it? Okay. Oh, my God. Oh my God Chris. <laughs> I, I didn't say it. Easter happen? boy did. <laughs> this has gone too far. And cut. Thanks for coming to the podcast, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> no joke. Kayla literally told me to be myself. That's your fault. <laughs> you did. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. I don't care. That's what she said. Anyway, oh my God. as a way, <laughs> as a way to wrap the <laughs> shit, as a way to wrap this up, you all. I hope the major takeaways from you. <laughs> I want the best takeaways for the fact that we need to take actionable steps towards weight loss. And looking at this from a humble perspective, you are not going to make results overnight. It is going to take a day in and day out effort and a hundred percent committing to changing who you are forever. That's the biggest thing. So Kelly and I were in the car the other day and we were listening to this TED talk um, from Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And he was talking about how environment is everything. And when it comes down to psychology, the biggest reason why people yo-yo diet is because they, in the back of their minds, only made an 85 to 99% commitment to what they're actually choosing to do. Because it's not 100%, there's a part of them that's always still stuck in the previous lifestyle that gives them a way out when things get too hard. And so they don't have an action uh, action plan in place for what happens when they get off the rails and they go right back into their old habits and go right back to where they used to be. That's the problem. We have to commit to 100% of a change and put actionable steps in place so that when things do go awry, we can handle the challenges and stay on course to living the lifestyle that we've desired for us. And that's the biggest thing we need to teach our athletes into living a healthy lifestyle. Weight loss is great, but if you need to do something that's going to be better for yourself, such as eating at maintenance calories, learning about healthy foods, learning how to track and building muscle with learning how to do a progressive strength training program, then you need to accept that it's all a part of the process and the journey towards your better self. Any closing thoughts, coaches? You all, we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. This has been an epic coaches roundtable. We're going to have one of these about once a month. I don't know. These are so much fun. We might have to take up the frequency because these are just, these are going to attract the most attention, especially with our hilarity. All right. And we hope you all continue to come back and join us. Please stay tuned for the drop of the next topic coming here next week with the next episode. We all hope you have an awesome day. Keep evolving and tune into Spotify for all your needs. You can find us on Instagram at at cperry001, Kayla Diamond, Jen Sowards, and Ian Loughborough. You can find our Instagram pages, all links to the evolve underscore HP on Instagram. Keep evolving. This has been Coach P. We're out of here.